Men of honor, strength, and integrity have long been essential in society. The Honorable Man Podcast is a celebration of such men. Here, we will discuss men in history and those today that exemplify what it means to be an honorable man. Let's go. All right, let's go. I'm Ed Jones, and welcome to the Honorable Man Podcast, a podcast dedicated to men who've chosen the path of honor, strength, and integrity. If you're looking to become a better man, you've come to the right place. On this week's episode, we'll be discussing Medal of Honor winner Kyle Carpenter, how to build a fire anywhere, and 10 interesting predictors of longevity. To my right, as always, the Baron, business owner, father, son, uh, husband, Royalty. Stud, um, <laughs> Marine, <laughs> Marine, yes. uh, handsome man, yep. and uh, all uh, many other gone, things. Now we've gone too far. Tim Hickey, now we've gone too how we far. doing, Tim? What up, brother? <laughs> Good to see you guys on this lovely day we're having here in Northeast Ohio. Yeah. Producer Bill, always looking fabulous over there. So, brother, <laughs> ab- absolutely <Thanks>. fabulous. <laughs> yes, ab- ab- fab. Ab- yeah, well. ab- fab. Uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm better than the uh, the go. Will Smith right. <laughs> here we go. I'm, I'm doing. I got you. I got you. Go. I'm doing better than Will Smith's right palm right about now. There you so. go. There you go. The other Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, so uh, stage, not stage. It, it is mean, the former Pope Catholic? Yes. Shit. I mean, kind of ridiculous. Nature right? Boy Ric Flair couldn't do any better. Right. That was straight out of uh, Monday Night Raw or. Uh, yeah, that was, that was, was odd. It was definitely interesting. I just want to point out that this microphone touches my beard a lot. So if you guys look over here and I'm doing some weird head movements, that's why. So I know you guys can't see me out there in <laughs> listener land, but I'm doing some weird head movements. Well, Pic- your, maybe it. your beard has the things it wants to share as well. Maybe. That's what does most of the talking here, not me. <laughs> It's got its own. Uh, it's got its own microphone. <laughs> it's got so Tim wheel. alluded to it, but uh, yeah, beautiful day here in uh, in uh, Ohio, northeastern Ohio, for a uh, still still March, but, brisk uh, but beautiful. Very cold this morning, 14 degrees, but uh, tomorrow's supposed to be nearly 70. So and the sun's out. <laughs> the sun's out. So get out there and get that vitamin D. Um, got a quote for us, Tim? I do. Today's quote comes from Medal of Honor recipient and Marine Kyle Carpenter. Scars are a beautiful thing. Yes, they can be a little ugly on the outside, but scars show you're a survivor, that you made it through something. And not only did you make it through, but now you're stronger and wiser and more educated because of that tough time that you just went through. And um, talk about an, an actual hero. I want to make sure uh, that we, we call them Medal of Honor Award recipients and not winners because... All um, recipients? Yeah, that's a, just a, a military and Marine thing. But um, Kyle Carpenter is an absolute badass, and uh, he has the scars to prove it, but somebody... Um, in in our lifetime, that that's a true true hero. So I'm interested to hear a little bit about uh, the Men of Honor in history with Kyle Carpenter. Let's see what you got to say. Yeah, right on. So um, uh, William Kyle Carpenter, born October 17th, 1989, which makes me feel really old because I graduated from high school a couple months before that. Oh jeez. Uh, is a medically retired United States Marine who received the United States highest military honor, the Medal of Honor, for his actions in Marja. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Marja Helmand Province, Afghanistan, in 2010. Carpenter is the youngest living Medal of Honor recipient. That, that's pretty amazing in and of itself. Um, Carpenter was born in Jackson, Mississippi on October 17, 1989, and raised in Flowood by his parents James and Robin. He is a graduate of W.W. King Academy in Batesburg, South Carolina. He enlisted in the Marine Corps uh, in the De- Marine Corps' de- delayed entry program at age 19 in February of t- 2009 and completed recruit training in July of 2009 at Marine Corps uh, Corps Recruit Depot, Paris Island, South Carolina. And Tim, if I say any of these things incorrectly, just smack me in the side of the head and, and take over. Um, after his July 2013 medical retirement, Carpenter enrolled at the University of South Carolina in Columbia and received a degree in international studies in 2017. Um, in 2019, Carpenter co-authored a book with Don Yeager titled You Are Worth It, Building a Life Worth Fighting For, about the events leading up to his becoming a Medal of Honor recipient. So let's talk about his military career a little bit. Um, so Carpenter completed his initial training at the Camp Geiger School of Infantry, Marine Corps Base, Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. 
In July 2010, as a private first class, he was assigned to Fox Company, 2nd Battalion, 9th Marines, Regimental Combat Team 1, 1st Marine Division. 1st Marine uh, Exp Expeditionary Force uh, in Helmand, Prov Helmand Province, Afghanistan, in support of Operation Enduring Freedom, where he served as a squad automatic weapon gunner beginning September 2009. Is that, is that where you were? No. 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 Something different? Okay. He's younger than me. Okay. No, I mean the uh, the squad automatic weapon gun. No, I was weapons company, so okay. I was heavy guns, so he gotcha. was um, a little bit smaller of automatic weapons. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It's, it's not a measure, weapon measuring contest, guys. <laughs> hey, whip it out. <laughs> <laughs> On November 21st, uh, 2010, Carpenter and another Marine, Nick Frazio, were manning a rooftop security post during defense of the village of Marja uh, from a Taliban attack. According to his Medal of Honor citation, the enemy initiated a daylight attack with hand grenades, one of which landed inside their sandbagged position. Without hesitation and with complete disregard for his own safety, Lance Corporal Carpenter moved toward the grenade in an attempt to shield his fellow Marine from the deadly blast. When the grenade detonated, his body absorbed the brunt of the blast, severely wounding him, but saving the life of his fellow Marine. So Carpenter's jaw and right arm were shattered. He lost his right eye and most of his teeth. He's undergone dozens of surgeries. Uh, in July of 2013, he was medically retired as a corporal. On June 19th, 2014, Carpenter received the Medal of Honor in a ceremony at the White House. He is the eighth living recipient to be awarded the Medal of Honor for actions in Afghanistan. So before we go any, any deeper on that, so Tim, you, you can give us a look into the psyche of military personnel, specifically a Marine, and seeing a grenade roll across your floor or roll right in front of you, between you, me, Bill, whatever, these guys don't even think about it, right? I mean, they just... No, I, and you know, um, I also went to Paris Island, so I'm an East Coast Marine, but that is actually something that is you train for, and it is discussed and all those things, and you want to know I, one of the cooler parts about um, Kyle Carpenter, too, is he, he will look at himself as not a hero, um, just something that a Marine would do in that situation that, that's closer, but to train for it and to actually dive on the grenade are two completely different things. So much respect for him, but, you know, it, it's at that time you have... Um, trained for the greater cause, and, and a lot of these men, in, uh, men of honor in history that we've talked about, and just on the previous episode that we did, and, and it's sacrificing yourself for your brothers, um, because if nobody jumps on that grenade, that his whole squad could be killed. Um, so it, it's a duty, and you're wearing, you know, he, he took this blast through his flak jacket and Kevlar and and all that stuff, so um, it, it's, it's amazing. And, and Kyle is an absolute hero. And, um, but that's, you know, the mindset of, of Marines and the, the man on your left and the man on your right, they're your brothers. So you go above and beyond to, uh, protect their lives and, and Kyle, Kyle lived that. So there's something psycho, there's something psychological in the training, right? That I think they, they, they know that you won't. You don't necessarily care about yourself as much as you would care about your brothers. On oh, side, absolutely, right? absolutely. And the idea is to protect them, sort of like your family. I mean, you wouldn't think for one second stepping in front of a car for your children or your wife or your brother, or your sister, whomever. And the military and the Marines specifically, you become that close with your fellow. Yeah, soldiers, you're right? way closer in your own family. Um, way, way closer. So. The things that um, you would do for your brothers and um, sisters in the Marine Corps, and, and I'm sure it's like that across all branches, sure. um, but obviously I can only speak to the Marine Corps, but you would do unspeakable things and dangerous things, and, and they're the most important, and um, that's how everybody views each other. And I often say, you know, part of the separation um, from military when, when you're getting out some of the issues that a lot face, it's like you, you don't find that in the civilian world. It's just a, a lot different of a mindset where your brothers would do anything for you, and you would do anything for your brothers. Um, it seems like oftentimes out in the civilian world, it's um, you and me till it's you or me. And we just didn't have that in the Marine Corps, in, in the infantry specifically. Um, so, Kyle, like I said, Kyle represented that, um, and Kyle will tell you that he didn't do anything that 
another Marine in his position wouldn't have done. So um, it, it's that humbleness. Uh, it, it's, it's really remarkable. And um, Kyle lives a, you know, Kyle looks, he's had um, plenty of plastic surgeries up to this point. Um, he's living his best life. Like I, I definitely follow him on social media. We got some of our patches to him. Oh, um, nice, 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 through nice. through one of his friends, but you know Kyle did the Marine Corps Marathon, um, so he he's back. And um, but you know the scars that he bears, uh, like I love that quote. Like it, it's a beautiful thing because it represents um, his loyalty and his love for his brothers, the Marine Corps, and our country. And um, wish we could have many more Kyle Carpenters out there. So so taking. Taking a step back from the from the military aspect of, of Kyle Carpenter, but that quote, scars are beautiful, truly a beautiful thing. I mean, all of us have scars, right? Whether they're emotional, physical. Bill, you're, you've been sliced and diced. You've got a lot of scars, right? I, yeah. You don't need to show us right now. I'm not going to. Pull your pants Butcher. up. Pull Jesus your pants up. Man. Nice. <laughs> you, what was interesting, and I don't want to be that guy, but I will be. Uh, it, he reminded me, as he was saying that, that verse, uh, or I'm sorry, that quote reminded me of the verse that's in James uh, chapter 1. It says, Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that it may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And, you know, it, it goes on to say that, you know, the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance develops character. Character develops hope. And it talks about, you know, a lot of the times, in, in all joking aside, like I literally have a scar from the middle of my chest down to my belly button. I have one over here uh, from a kidney transplant. I have a gastric bypass and other things. And then um, probably have an operation here soon a little bit and have another little scar. So uh, in, it's the, the stories. And it reminds me often of that scene in Jaws where yeah, the two guys that. are, the one guy was a, allegedly a survivor of the USS Indianapolis, which if you know anything about was a hell of a thing. But, uh, you know, don't be ashamed of your scars, even if they are ones that you can't see, because I know that the and men never talk about this. And this is why I encourage guys to get help. Talk, like, you know, Tim's talking about developing a brother or sisterhood and, like, get help because those scars, if you allow them, their trials turn to gold. Uh, and, and nothing that you go through, if you allow it, can go to waste. And, um, you know, you don't know there's going to be somebody out there that won't be able to see a physical or emotional or spiritual or mental or even financial scar and learn from that and, or at least have some relief from that. Yeah, and it's not just scars. I mean, calluses, right? I mean, calluses on your hands. I mean, it's, what are you doing, Ed? It's, it's one, it's one, oh, it just shows you I don't use lotion. Um, it's, it's one of those things I, I, I'm a big proponent of is trying to do something difficult every day, right? Uh, building the mental, not necessarily physical, the mental toughness is yeah. where people are going to crack, right? You could be the strongest guy in the world. You could be a triathlete, but if the shit hits the fan and you're not mentally tough and prepared... There, there's a chance you, you you might not make it. We see it all the time. You see people snap all the time. Um, I, I just watched a video. This might not be appropriate, and tell me if I'll cut I'll cut it out. But uh, I just watched I just watched a video this week of some Ukrainian soldiers capturing Russian oh, soldiers yeah, and shoot, literally shooting their yeah, war crimes penis off, yeah. shooting them multiple times in the leg, and then bashing them in the head, and. My purview is that I think those things are coming to America that we've in, in different forms, maybe. But, um, you know, th these dudes are like hard, hard guys, you know, like akin to gentlemen like Tim and, and his brothers and sisters. And, you know, like hearing them cry. And it's like. Yeah, I, it gets yeah. me choked up just thinking yeah, about it. It's tough. There's a lot of there's a lot of evil out there. So, uh, again, we always we always say. Prepare yourself, steal yourself for what's coming, what's potentially coming, and try to do th hard, difficult things. Build up some calluses. Yeah. Learn from your scars. Wear your scars with pride because they have made you who you are today. So. Yeah. Hey, I do want to read it since you just mentioned that that video. Uh, Joe Dolio, who we talk about, um, and his tactical wis wisdom, put out a tweet. It says, yes, I've seen the video of the stabbing and tortured of the alleged Russian agent, and no, I'm not going to share it. War brings out the worst in people, and honorable men should sort out the dishonorable ones no matter what flag they march under, and yeah. I'll leave it there. 
Yeah, I yeah that that shit's disgusting. Well, it's Geneva Code, Nuremberg yeah. or Geneva Convention, Nuremberg Code, things like that. But you know, Kyle Carpenter, um, appreciate everything you've you've done and that you will continue to do. Um, a, a true man of honor in recent history. Yes, um, I, you know, it's easy to go back and look at the guys that have lived hundreds of years ago. But you know what I'm trying to do is balance it with guys that are actually living it today because. We need real, we need examples in real time as well of of men of honor, honorable men in history. So, hey, so go go track him down on Instagram. He's at chicks dig scars, <laughs> um, but in, in true marine That's form, great. it is C H I K S dig scars. Um, so chicks dig scars, but yeah, just a, an exceptional exceptional example for all of us to follow. So go check him out, and um, definitely he's a motivational speaker now too. So he's got a lot of. Um, a lot of, you know, he's small in stature, big in balls, big in yeah. heart, and, you know, he, he's yeah. an example that we should all follow. Yeah, I'm sure if, if people aren't familiar with him and they Google him and they see him, they'll recognize him because he, yeah. he's, he's been around and he's, he's, he's showing off those scars. He's making mm -hmm. the circuits and he's, like you said, he's a motivational speaker and he's been all over the place. Yeah. All right, guys, shit hits the fan. It's cold. It's raining. It's snowing. We're in, we're in bad weather. We need to start a fire. So Tim's going to tell us how to start a fire anywhere. Hey, so this week's Shit Hits the Fan is Start a Fire Anywhere, Six Ways Around Wet Wood. Um, this comes to us by author Ian Carroll. <laughs> wet Wood and my, my co-hosts are very mature people. How do you say it? <laughs> Excuse me. You may, how to, you may know how to start a fire in your wood stove at home. It's pretty easy to get one going in the dry desert or on a hot summer evening. When dry wood and tinder are plentiful, it's easy to forget that it took time. It took early humans thousands of years to figure it out. But when the weather comes in and you're stuck out in the rain or snow, a fire is all more important. Unfortunately, it also gets a lot harder to start. So tip one, carry a tinder box. This is number one on every outdoorsman's list. If you spend time backpacking in wet environments, you probably already have your own tinder box. If you don't, Now's a good time to make it. Fill a watertight container with dryer lint, wood shavings, or cotton balls covered in Vaseline. Throw in a handful of Strike Anywhere matches and your lucky Bic lighter, and you're good to go. This way, even in the wettest conditions, you can still start a fire reliably. Find the best kindling. Finding the best kindling is often used on a trial and error basis in your region. Um, I, op I often carry a lighter in your pocket, and test the materials as you come upon them. What feels dry might not catch, and what feels wet might light up like a candle. The best wood will snap easily, not bend. If it bends, it is wet or green and will not burn well. Look for dead trees that are still standing and try snapping off peripheral branches. You want to hear a dry crack as it breaks away easily. The more brittle the wood, the better it will burn. Make sure you prepare before you start a fire. Once you light your tinder, the clock is on. I mean, you probably didn't bring pounds of that stuff with you. You don't have unlimited chances, so be prepared and organized. Have a plan before you start. Have your kindling close at hand and prepared. You don't want to be snapping twigs off a log as you watch your tinder burn out. Keep your fire organized into three piles. The first pile is for the teeny tiny twigs that are just the, about the right length closest to your hand. Um, the second pile is bigger twigs. Usually organize smallest to largest. Gradually add bigger and bigger wood until you can start using the third pile. And the third pile is your firewood. Sometimes it can be hard to find perfectly dry firewood in the wilderness, so this pile depends on circumstances. Use what you can find, but try to keep them as big and dry as possible. Uh, the next tip is create the right environment. This is critical and is different in every situation. However, it always breaks down to the same essential components. It's all about what a fire needs. A fire needs to be dry, it needs to have fuel, and it needs to breathe. Now dry is, e is obvious. If it's raining heavily, sling up a tarp over where you want your camp. Put it nice and high so the fire won't melt it. Always be conscious of where water will run off 
After all, it really sucks if you start your fire and then your tarp dumps water and you have an uphill <laughs> battle as your it's fire like, goes it's swimming. It's like that scene in Jeremiah Johnson when he's trying to start the fire under the tree and with the snow does yeah, the same thing. dumps yeah. right on it. Hey, so one, of the, one thing many people don't think about though is the moisture in the ground because fires pull air upwards they also pull moisture upwards as they heat up that means if you build your fire on wet ground you're fighting an uphill battle you can either dig down through wet topsoil until you get to the drier dirt or clay or you can find an old piece of bark or some rocks and use it as a makeshift base build carefully dry is obvious fuel and air are more complicated they directly compete with one, one another. Not enough fuel and your fire goes out. Too much fuel and your fire can't breathe. I'm sure you've started a few fires in your day, so you should know this part. One of the best techniques to, is to build a fortress around your fire. Surround it with bigger damp wood from pile number three, then use those layers and levels to stack your twigs from piles one and two in ways that allow for good airflow. This way, you contain the heat of your fire and use the extra to dry out damp wood at the same time. In the end, every fire is different. You'll need to improvise. Don't expect the same trick to work every time and don't get frustrated if a fire is stubborn. It didn't take humans thousands of years to cultivate this skill because it was easy. <laughs> so those are um, some tips to, to start a fire. Have you guys ever tried to uh, start a fire without matches out in the wilderness? No. Yeah, it's uh, no. not not the easiest I'm have thing to, try, to do. But, but I, I'm, I mean, everybody saw a castaway with Tom Hanks. Fire! Getting those blisters. Like, and like holy shit, that. when he finally got um, fire going, you know, that's uh, life-changing excitement in those situations. <laughs> So yeah. the biggest thing is to try to go out and do it now when practice the shit isn't fans. hitting the fan. <laughs> yeah, practice. We're talking about practice, but with fire, um, it, it can be very difficult. And, you know, there's there's plenty of tips in, in all of our bug out bags. Most of us have different methods of fire starting that, that we use. Who'd that come to us from? Ian Campbell. Okay, good. Ian Carroll. Ian Carroll. And and we will link to that in the show notes. But, hey, yeah, don't don't wait until um, we're in a societal breakdown and you're out in the wilderness to first test your fire starting skills. That's for sure because it can get very, very frustrating. But once you get the hang of it, and um, our Men of Honor Social Club, we we did a fire starting class with the the kids and the junior cadets. And uh, we went down to the beach, and, and it's finding the right kindling is most important like if you're not prepared and you're not um stacked with a tinderbox full of cotton balls and vaseline it's finding you know the similar type of materials out there but digging down into the beach and and protecting it from wind and getting your face down there and and putting some oxygen on that fire it all works and we showed the kids firsthand how it works and i think we had 12 kids out there that day all of them successfully started a fire without um without much preparation yep. at all so yep. it's just getting out there and doing it and you'll learn some tips and tricks along the way awesome thank you for that sir um health and wellness tips so this uh, mark sisson i don't know if you guys are aware of mark sisson he's a <clears throat> i don't want to say he invented like paleo and all that stuff but he was one of the early uh, guys preaching the paleo, keto, primal kind of diets and those types of things. I think he's got to be in his 60s or 70s now, but he's he's been a fitness guy his entire life, and he uh, has a great blog called Mark's Daily Apple, and it's a daily blog where he writes um, about all things health and wellness, and specifically, again, keto and, and things like that. So I was uh, perusing the Internet, and I found um, 10 interesting predictors of longevity. Hmm. Um so these are these are these are weird. So, <laughs> so number one, hand grip strength. You know your grandpa with a vice grip for a handshake, or that old lady who simply would not give up her hold on those plush towels last Black Friday at the Walmart despite you yanking her around like a ragdoll? <laughs> They'll probably live a long time. In middle aged and elderly people, grip strength consistently predicts mortality risks from all causes. It's even better than blood pressure. In older disabled women, grip strength predicts all-cause mortality, even when controlling for disease status, infl inflammatory, inflammatory load, depression, uh, nutritional status, and inactivity. Poor grip strength is even an independent risk factor for type 2 diabetes across all ethnicities. Hmm. Huh. 
Yeah, crazy, right? Walking speed, number two, walking speed. A few years ago, a study of over 7,000 male and 31,000 female recreational walkers found that walking intensely predicted mortality risk. Those who walked the fastest tended to die the least. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I'm starting to get scared. I am a fast walker, man. <laughs> I was like, now, shit, I'm going to die. <laughs> now, don't think, you can, no, don't think you can consciously speed walk your way past 100. <laughs> Researchers in the study were looking at the natural walking speed of frequent walkers. What the study tracked and linked to lifespan was the natural walking speed of the participants. They had no idea they'd be graded. A more recent study found that rapid declines in walking speed also predicted death. Some clinicians find so much value in walking speed that they even use it as a sixth vital sign. Hey, Go boys, if my kids are listening, that's why I always say, get up here, catch up, <laughs> get in front of me. All right, sorry. <laughs> I'm looking out for y'all. Number three, and this is where I'm screwed, facial appearance. Nope. Several studies indicate that the perceived age of the face is a better predictor of mortality risk than objective health markers, actual age, or cognitive function. More objective measurements of aesthetic age, like wrinkled in areas unexposed to the sun, also pre predict longevity. So when I grow a beard, like you can see, it's white. Nope. I, mean, I look 10 years older. Like Jen told me the other day, she goes, you, you don't look good. And I'm like... You asked me to grow this beard, so now I'm gonna. I have to shave it now, and I think I'm gonna get hair club for men. You do. What, what, what do you use for? What is it? It's not hair club. It's, I don't. Uh, I don't have any idea. Mine is white man. from tooth, toothpaste. <laughs> it's the bleaching toothpaste. Mine is naturally vibrantly colored. Um, but you do have a baby face, so I think you'll be all right. Like if you shave, you look freaking twelve. Thank you. So twenty dollars. <laughs> and what the hell, Jen? Don't tell me looks like shit. <laughs> Yeah, that's never mind. That uh, number nice. four, <laughs> <laughs> subjective subjective opinion of one's quality of life. If you're happy with your physical and psychological health, social relationships, and your immediate environment, you may live longer. Having a poor opinion of your current lot in life may have the opposite effect. Even when those subjective opinions are compared to your to objective measurements of your health, your relationships, and your environment, subjective outlook is a better predictor of lifespan. So that's basically Eeyore, right, from uh, Winnie the Pooh. I mean, we all know those people that, you know, I, I, I know people that you'll you'll see them on a Monday, and you'll be like, how was your weekend? And every every time it's like, eh, okay. It's like, Jesus Christ, if you're not, if you're not, if you can't come off of a, a weekend in a good mood, you know, or, or even on a Friday, do you got any big plans this weekend? No, I'm just going to hang around the house and do It's like, Wow, just kill yourself already and get it over with. I mean, you're bringing me down. <laughs> I was, you know, since you said that, I was like, man, are we, like, can we be better off without those people? <laughs> well, Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab certainly think so. Sure. Oh, yeah. sure. oh, damn. Number five, muscle. I've always said, and again, this is Mark Sisson, I've always said that lean muscle mass is a metabolic reservoir for healthy aging. Skeletal muscle produces important proteins and metabolites that regulate recovery from trauma and injury. The more you have, the better you'll rec recover from surgeries, burns, falls, breaks, punctures, and damage. The more muscle you start with, the more you can spare to wasting, and the better you'll bounce back from bed rest and other forms of forced inactivity. Hmm. Um... Expression of clotho, the longevity protein, is even strongly dependent on the strength of one's skeletal muscle. I, I might have mispronounced that. It's K-L-O-T-H-O. But that goes back to Mark, Mark Ripito, another Mark, who says stronger people are harder to kill and generally more useful. <laughs> so muscle, right? So if, if you don't have any and then you get laid up in bed... You know, it reminds me of uh, Steven Seagal. I think it was um, oh, hard to kill. Hard to kill. Yeah. And, you know, the guy came out of a, a ten-year coma and yeah. immediately started kicking ass. I mean, I mean immediately started kicking. I, ass. It's oh, pow, pow, pow. That's that's the power of Seagal. <laughs> uh, number six, life purpose. The popular notion that being driven to achieve your goals increases wear and tear on the body and destroys your health seems right. You're sacrificing sleep for work, neglecting loved ones, choosing work over exercise, eating junk food instead of cooking. What does the evidence actually say? It turns out that having something to live for helps you live longer with a lower disease burden. Life purpose predicts allostatic load, another way of saying age-related wear and tear. This was a little surprising. We often think of the hardworking entrepreneur burning the candle at both ends, falling apart at the seams, health suffering just to pursue and achieve the goals. But the actual evidence refutes this. So, real quick thoughts on that, because I know... I know all three of us 
got a lot of shit going on all the time and we're very busy and we've got, you know, we've got regular jobs, we've got side hustles, we've got other businesses, we've got the podcast, we've got our social club, we've got multiple podcasts, we've got children, we've got all these things. And Jen asked me the other day and she's like, aren't you getting burnt out? I'm like, no, what else would I be doing? Sitting around the house watching TV all day? I think it's important. And one thing that, that I do personally and um this is why i've been so miserable in the winter is that i always make time for my family like i one thing in being a business owner and an entrepreneur i'm able to stop what i'm doing and go for a walk and go out into the woods and and try to make sure that i'm cognizant of that and my wife makes sure that um that i'm doing those things too because it is very easy to be go 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 all the time like man, so you're miserable in the winter because you spend more time with them is that what no you're it's <laughs> i don't i don't get to get outside like i i do in the summer and you know we're like metro park people and not, like i like going to for walks into the woods and uh resetting that way but you know my days start at 4 a.m and it's like it's non-stop it's almost a 24 hour a day thing uh with all the different things that that we're all involved in it, it can be very easy to lose sight on I, like i'm reminded of a meme and it, it's a picture and it shows the city um like la or new york city and it says this isn't what life is supposed to be and then the bottom half of the picture is out in the woods and it's saying this is what your life is supposed to be so i think our goals should always be to work less but until you get to that point um and i I, as i yeah you you gotta bust it and and hopefully um we're not in our 70s still still busting it like hopefully we've learned it and made made time for um all the more important things in life i'm personally um although i'm involved in many things i've never been money driven in anything that i do because i'm more time driven and uh i guess in realizing my my own lack of invincibility it, it uh due to my motorcycle accident that i've talked about um several times it made me really realize and bring those things into perspective that every day is not a guarantee so i have to make time for the things i like uh to do and socializing and, and spending time with my family and stuff like that so it's always something to be aware of um as we all try to succeed and get ahead in this world that um, what are we comparing it to like i i think the the real success will be when I'm not working all the time and and my goals have been um, at least something that I've come close to touching and I can spend more time doing the things that I like to do. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, two two things. Being an entrepreneur, owning your own business, one of the advantages of is to be able to, like you said, you can shut it down, go spend some time with your family, and then pick it right back up. When you're an entrepreneur or you own your own small business or your own side hustle, it's 24-7. I mean, it's it's all the time. But you can't let it be all the time. You have to take time out to, to focus on the important things. And to your point, we're busting our ass now so that we can enjoy the the fruits of those labors later on and really get to spend good time with the people we love. Um, and then going back to your point about nature – in a future podcast, we're going to talk about the nature pyramid. So you guys have all heard about the nutrition pyramid. Mm-hmm. There's actually a nature pyramid out there that I've, that I discovered, which is hmm. pretty, pretty cool. Nice. Looking forward to sharing that. Um, number seven. So again, these are interesting predictors of longevity. Um, intelligence. Ad- intelligent people live longer right, across right. any and all causes of mortality. Having a higher IQ confers protection. Some point to the quicker reaction times that all times that also accompany higher IQs. If you're smarter, you'll probably have an extra fraction of a second to swerve out of the big rig's path and avoid a fatal collision. This is certainly part of it, but a faster reaction time can't explain the the protection intelligence confers against all-cause mortality. Others attribute the all-encompassing protection to the intelligent decisions, healthy behaviors, and prudent practices smart people make and follow. The smarter you are, the less likely you are to smoke, not exercise, or think fast food is okay to eat for dinner every day of the week. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, we all, every one of us in this room chooses to do things that are dumb, and we know they're dumb. Oh, yeah. That doesn't mean we're stupid. It just means we're making a trade sometimes. Sometimes we make the trade for fast food for convenience. Sometimes we make the trade for a cigarette for stress relief. There's just things that we know 
we know we're, we're smart people that and I, I, I think 90% of the people know these things are, are bad for them and they're just making those trades because life is hard <laughs> and if you don't if I can't enjoy a cigar and a gla- glass of bourbon every now and again what's the sense of living <clears throat> amen know? brother it, it is those small sacrifices for pleasure that really lead us down the, those paths but it is interesting to hear those um, predictability items and like I've never heard any any of those before um, so interesting uh, tune in in 25 years to see if I'm still here <laughs> as, as, the, as the smoker in the group I got two I got three more white blood cell count white blood cells or I can't pronounce this word are primary agents of our immune system they battle pathogens infections and foreign invaders many diseases are associated with white blood cell deficiencies so it seems like healthier longer lived people would have higher counts right no actually white blood cell counts are on the lower end of normal predict longevity that only seems to be true in healthy men and women. It's unlikely to persist in unhealthy and immunocompromised populations who actually need the white blood cells to starve off uh, causes of. In the healthy folks, a low normal WBC white blood cell count indicates a low disease burden. So that makes sense. If you have a, yeah. your body's not constantly fighting things, so your white blood cells are going to be lower. Uh, autophagy is a is cellular maintenance. It's how our cells recycle waste material, eliminate inefficiencies, and repair themselves. Um, this is something you can directly control. Fasting, ketosis, caloric restriction, exercise, and dietary polyphenols all trigger autophagy, and they're likely to improve longevity. So that's one of the things that got me into intermittent fasting 12, 15 years ago now um, was some early uh, studies coming out saying that caloric restrictions and reductions might be the key to a long long lifespan and i think i heard it initially i may be in tim ferris or joe rogan podcast is where i first got turned on to it but um, more and more data is coming out to support that number 10 finally the last one the last interesting predictor of life longevity how much broccoli and indian food you eat mark says i'm ki- i'm kind of kidding but not really maybe the most important anti-aging pathway in the body is nrf2 Activating NRF2 unleashes many antioxidant pathways, increases glutathione, and has grown has shown to trigger the anti-aging phenotype in animal studies. Foods in the brassica family, which include broccoli, kale, cabbage, cauliflower, and Brussels sprouts, all contain a potent NRF2 activator. Another NRF2 activator is curcumin, found in turmeric, the primary spice in Indian foods. So, um, I don't eat a lot of broccoli, but I do eat. A, I I drink a lot of kale with uh, my shake that I get at uh, Pulp. We got a Pulp in Madison, which I didn't think had a chance in hell of making it because it's healthy food. I figured a Dunkin' Donuts would do better in, in the town that I'm from because <laughs> if you visit the local Walmart where I'm from, you don't see a lot of physical fitness specimens there there's not a lot of yeah but is that i don't know if that's necessarily your town or just <laughs> any a, i mean i don't know if, walmart. no that's true I, yeah well that's what yeah, yeah. it's a self-selecting sample I mean, walmart in general but yeah i mean i'm just so saying it's funny you go from walmart to target a little bit better shape you see some more yoga pants or people that should be in yoga pants trader, <laughs> trader joe's and what's, what's the one above trader what's the what's the big one um not Trader Joe's, the one above that. Whole Foods. Whole, you go to Whole Foods. Yeah. I mean, that's that's where the glitterati shop. That's where the that's where the, the glitterati. That's where the beautiful I, I people know. are. I wouldn't. You know. know, I've often wondered like. There should be a healthy fast food type option. I, I know they're out in Menor. There's um, CLE Juice Company. If you guys ever uh, go out there, they have excellent options. But it is that convenience. I'm I'm lucky. Like I like raw. Like I, I eat broccoli. Damn. Like I love vegetables. But um, we need more healthy options for convenience. And they're right. starting to open a few. But I mean the. The bad ones outnumber the good ones like ten to one at least. So, oh. um, but uh, all of those, all of those things are excellent, excellent tips. And Indian food. Um, I was gonna say my wife had uh, a medical issue. She she went to a heart doctor, and he was an Indian guy, and he was telling us that they don't have the same amount of diseases over in India, and that you know they had a billion people. So. Um, but I didn't really think that it was uh, the turmeric in some of their Indian food. But I also like Indian food. I don't like the place they open in Menor, but I love <laughs> Indian food. So it's so, also yeah. very difficult 
to find. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's um, there's not a lot of good ones, but I like that stuff. So. Doing we, um, it in 25 years, I might still be. <laughs> if we're still doing this in 25 yeah. years, you could shoot me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shoot I put, uh, me. So I put turmeric in our coffee every day. So oh. I, hmm. just a couple little sprinkles in, in with the coffee grounds. And you don't taste it. You really don't taste it, but it's supposed to be good for you. I don't know. Okay. We'll I, like, I like curry and all that stuff, so I've never heard of putting it in the coffee. Maybe I'll have to try that. Yeah, just... just it's a sprinkle, you know, hmm. try it and see, see how you like it. But, um, you know, I was thinking, I didn't say anything, but when you were talking about people who have a mission or a purpose, mm-hmm. you know, my, my purview on that for what it's worth is that, you know, I, I believe that we're all created with that. Like we all have that thing. We all have that mission or that purpose. And in my experience, when you see, I'm going to use just this example. When you see like guys retire, they lose that, and they they start to lose themselves, lose their focus, lose their purpose, or, or, or their meaning in life, right? Especially in the first and, responder community, because those people are on a daily mission, and I mean, I don't know what the status sure. is, but within five years, like, or something, they, well, they, they die. Absolutely, yeah. and wow. and I would say that the the thing that should differentiate is that there's what you do for a living and then there's what you do to create a life mm-hmm. i think that you know ed like you say like at least with me like a couple different podcasts i've actually approached this week about another podcast uh, uh you know like r- i'm in the process of writing my second book uh, you know like there's things like for me that i believe the almighty has destined for me to do that is in and uh, aside from my like nine to five, if you were, or six to five today, if you will. But right. um, so I would say that to encourage people, whatever your passion is, like for me, I, I really try to hone or hone hone in on what God's telling me I need to do, where my skills are, what He's given me, and try to share those, so that you know, if and when I ever do get to retire, there's still going to be that divine purpose or that thing in my life that says I have to go until my last breath, you know, and, and, and for me, I would like to encourage people that in that seek what that is for your life. And I think that's the difference between earning a living and having a life. Yeah, I, I love that. And like I, I say all the time, the things that are most fulfilling for me, I don't get paid for. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why yeah, it serving ha- others. Yeah. And that's why it has such a, a big focus. I mean, if I told life. you what I made on book sales last year versus what I spent, you'd <laughs> laugh. But for me, that's not the point. Like when I talk with you or your son mm-hmm. and stuff, Tim, that's the that's the reward. Yeah. Like when I hear people tell me, "Hey man, you know, I I checked out your podcast or I checked out Arbo Man podcast and that was really good. Thank you." Like and I think that put fuel in the tank of your real purpose, yeah. not what you do as a not a fi- 9 to 5, but like what compels you to get out of bed because I just think if you live a life and I've seen a lot of people this way just for that job, that that thing that they do for 25 to 35 years, after that time goes and they've, you know, punched that clock, if you will, they just, you know, it's like, okay, I'm ready to take my dirt nap. Yeah, and I don't get that. I don't get it. My father, um, who I love to death, but he retired, I think, three or four years ago now, and he's, I'm disappointed for him in that he hasn't embraced it. And, t- um, you know, one thing is, is this is the weather here. You know, he's an outside guy, and I keep telling him, just move down south. His best friend's down south. It's like, go down south right. and, and embrace whatever you, life you have left. Right. And, and you work it, 35 years at the same place. Sure. Now enjoy that. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. Exactly. And, and in that, you know, like doing, like you're wearing a Sub Zero Mission shirt, like, hey, I'm going to get plugged into that organization or another charity or like when for me whenever you serve something higher or greater than you that there is a spiritual emotional mental fulfillment that you can't buy with money and and I know like my friends you know we're all kind of where our, our folks are like at that retirement age and I see this more in men than women yeah, yeah. and and because I think men are more adverse or I'm sorry women are more adverse to risk than men I think men when we're on that job we're you know willing to take more risk cuz that's what we thrive on but there's something that 
you know, our system gets to, starts to shut down when we aren't being challenged, when we don't have that, hey, I got to get up because not only does my family need me, uh, but my coworkers need me, this organization needs to be so on and so forth. And that's why I would encourage guys, really, what your passion is, whatever God's made, God has made you to do, find what that is now and begin to put your hand to that plow, if you will, and, and work on that because that's going to literally take you to your last breath where you retire when you're 65 or 70 and you're like, oh. you know, and you know, like, what, what am I going to do now <laughs> to further that point And what I've seen happen and it happened to me through the VA and all those medications they, they give to all these veterans who suffer from PTSD. It makes you not care about anything. And when you don't care about anything and you don't have that inspiration for you, that's what ends up, you know, like you said, men, men take it very hard when, mm-hmm. when they don't have a goal and they don't have a mission and they're not being fulfilled. And when the VA specifically takes that away through medications, um, you know, that, that leads to that 22 a day statistic that we're faced with. And, um, you mentioned Jen earlier, I ran into Jen over this last weekend and she immediately said, you're thinking about moving to Texas, aren't you? And I said, yes, I absolutely am. And she said I, she could tell. And so I told her, you know, I lost my father in September and I watched that man work until the day before he died. He called me from his hospital bed and and mentioned something about our, at our company. And, uh, it took me a long time to try to understand, like, dad, why did you stay here? Like the winters are long. Like he never lived. He only lived briefly in another state um, while he was in college, but he didn't know anything different. Now, I'm starting to travel more. I know that I could be happier in another location. And it's just like, I don't want to waste my life just because it's the only thing and because it's comfortable. And But anytime you know you hop and move and um, start in a new state or a new city or anything like that, it's very difficult because it takes away that comfort level. But uh, like I know I'm, I don't want to be working until the day I die, and I don't want to be stuck in a place where... Um, I'm not reaching my full potential too. So it's just all those things to keep in mind and um, always, always keep moving forward. But the betterment of ourself is the most important thing that we can do because when we are stronger, we make our communities stronger and our families stronger. So, Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right. So, Tim, who do you got for this uh, week's Man oh, of boy. Dishonor? This one comes to us from Florida. There we go. <laughs> Easter Bunny gives beat down in Orlando <laughs> downtown. Very apropos, too, going creeping up on it. Apparently, this bunny wasn't too hoppy. Hop, hop, hop. Like, get it? <laughs> the weird battle all started when a man bumped into a woman with dreads. Words were exchanged and fists began to fly. That's when the fuzzy white rabbit jumps in to put his paws to work in a beating of his own. A local promoter that goes by WorkFit on Instagram caught the whole thing on video writing, as you can see, the Easter rabbit been taking boxing classes. (laughs) Eventually, the bunny brawl was broken up by a local bystander and a bike cop with the Orlando police. So, um, I think I've seen that. Yeah, I I saw that. Seen it. So yeah, look. He was skilled. Yeah, look up that. Look up that video, but it it, kept the head on and everything the whole time. Don't pick a fight with the. Bunny? I don't know. You know what the funniest thing is, is is you go, you can look online at kids with getting pictures with the Easter bunny, and they're usually crying because those bunnies are so terrifying. And if you look at like from the 50s and shit, I mean, they are nightmare fuel, man. I mean, my kids, we have the funniest pictures of all three of my children on the lap or squirming to get away from the Easter bunny. And it's just sitting there with those cold, dead eyes that are about the size (laughs) of a a saucer and Oh, it's it's great. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, you got some kids. Creepy ass guy like Joe Biden in that thing. I mean, God Almighty. Sure, heavy breathing. Oof. (laughs) Waiting for his ice cream cone break. (laughs) Anyway, please don't punch the Easter Bunny when you're out. (laughs) That is. um, If you have to be told that. Yeah. (laughs) Please don't. Please don't pick a fight because you never know. Freaking Easter Bunny, Mike Tyson, you (laughs) boy. (laughs) All right. uh, This week's call to action: embrace your scars. So, like we talked about earlier with Kyle Carpenter. Don't be ashamed of the scars, whether they be internal or external, that you've accumulated over the course of uh, of your life, your years here on this on this uh, planet. Um, they've made you who you are, and uh, they've shaped you into the person that uh, 
that, that we know, that uh, people love. So embrace your scars and don't be afraid to get a few more. I mean, I'm 50 and... I still plan on busting my ass up a little bit, you know, I want to skydive, I want to do some crazy shit and, uh, you know, break a bone here and there, I'm not afraid of that, I just, you know, it's about the memories, that's, that's one thing I've learned really, really, really uh, um, quickly was that life's not about the, the stuff that you can accumulate and uh, all the stuff that you park in your garage, it's about the memories and, um, and experiences, so I'll, I'll pay for an experience, so I don't have a bunch of toys. I'm not a snow snowmobile guy, motorcycle guy. I don't have a bunch of stuff like that. But what I do spend my money on is is going and hanging out with my friends and going to get drinks and having a good time. And, you know, Definitely. every weekend I usually have some story that I tell the people at work for, that happened over the weekend. You know, some crazy shit that I saw or a <laughs> crazy <Or> conversation <laughs> that I was, a, I was a part of. So, you know, it's all about... And the Easter Bunny met up. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, Easter's, Easter's like two or three weeks away, man. This like two, three weeks away. So embrace your scars, guys. Embrace your scars. Definitely. Um, this show has been brought to you by Patch Ops, Tim. Patch Ops and PatchOps.com. We have the baddest patches on the planet. Decals and shirts, too. Um, check us out on Instagram, at Patch Operations. On Facebook, at Patch Ops. We've been kicked off the other places. <laughs> um, but, hey, one, one quick note. After 19 months, so... Patch Ops got completely taken offline by Shopify. They blocked our store. We were the number two performing store for two years in a row. And one day we did something they didn't agree with, so they switched us off. But now our shops are finally, after 19 months of that, available um, directly on Facebook and Instagram. So we finally won that appeal and nice. we um, got it figured out thanks to our web designer, Eric. Um, but, yeah, check us out, PatchOps, PatchOps.com. And also the Honorable Man Podcast on Facebook. Um, the honorable man podcast.com you can email us um, I'm the Baron at the honorable man podcast or Ed at the honorable man podcast but send us your thoughts one quick thing about patch ops um, I don't care how sick and twisted your sense of humor is there you, you can find something on there that's <laughs> yeah. gonna that's gonna appeal to your sick and twisted anything, sense of humor because they got shit <laughs> they have stuff I, I have no idea what it means because I'm not, I'm not I don't run in all the circles that this guy runs in but uh, yeah, there's some, there's some, definitely. I'll see some on there and I'll, I'll Google, I'll be like, what the hell does that mean? I'll Google, I'll be like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I put it in our profile, it's like not your average patch company, like we are, we are definitely, definitely not, but uh, that's, uh, that's what sets us apart, so check us out. Hey, producer Bill. Uh, I'm always going to be plugging my book, Smith's Art of Man and Repair Manual. It's on Amazon. And because I am a good guy and I feel in my heart, uh, seriously, if someone wants a copy, can't afford it. Hit up one of the guys. They just give your email address. Just let them know. I'll make sure you get a free PDF of the book on the house. I uh, just want to sew in the guys, sew in the men uh, and women. I guess if someone wants to, the lady wants to read a men's book. I've, actually, more of the people I bought my book have been ladies. So, uh, and then my podcast I do with my buddy Carl and uh, both Tim and Ed have guested on uh, Flawcast C L E. Uh, you can find anywhere podcasts are Flawcast Flawcast C L E. Uh, we're on Rumble and Flawed Inc. We're on uh, all the social me uh, media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Got kicked off of YouTube, uh, but I don't have all the scars that Tim does. So, but uh, we're on Getter Gab. <laughs> And parlor on flooding. Awesome, guys. Uh, whatever your um, podcast platform is, please please leave us a rating and review. Review if you would be so kind, we'd appreciate it. Um, and that's about it. So the world needs honorable men more than ever. It's time to get out there, step up, get involved, and be honorable. Later. <laughs>